699 per pound podcast another episode another day another dollar another life we usually talk about careers but we have shifted our focus to the very impact of COVID-19 on Asians here in the U.S. and around the world but speaking of Asians here in the U.S. man I've seen some foul shit happening in China man um you know especially in certain regions they be discriminating against black folks man you know what I mean I need to stop that shit you know what I'm saying like Yo, this virus does not discriminate against race. I don't know what kind of misinformation has been disseminated over there. But yo, man, you can't you can't be doing that shit over there, son. You know what I mean? POCs around the world are all going through this regardless of race. You know what I mean? But uh, with that said, though, thank you again to all the fans and listeners that continue to support us. So please subscribe to follow our future COVID-19 related episodes. Make sure you let your Zoom call know about 699, man. I mean, hey. that's for the people that's like telecommuting from home and all that. But, you know, if you lost your job, man, you know, hopefully some of our content could kind of um, give you additional insight so we could all collectively persevere uh, through this madness. With that said, uh, Jojo, I know we have another very special guest today. Who is she? Yes. And tell us all about it. Of course. So this episode, we're talking to Jessica Kim Gruber. She is a licensed LMST therapist in the state of New York and psychology verified. Shouts to psychology today when I would look at all of my articles and Google my feelings. Uh, <laughs> today, she is going to take JK and I through a consultation to show all of you what the first steps of finding a therapist look like. Jessica will do a better job of explaining what this is, but in our conversation with um, another amazing therapist, Joy, um, please listen to it. Uh, we talked about how can we even go about finding a therapist? You know, How do you know it's right for you? And how do we use um, and, and empower ourselves during this time? Um, this session is gonna look really different. I'm really excited about this format. Yeah, yeah, for sure, definitely. I mean, um, you know, I, I know I mentioned this all the time in my pod, in the pod that uh, mm. going through therapy is like doing mental exercises. You know what I'm saying? It's like doing push-ups yeah. with your mind. But uh, mm. it, but it definitely has an affiliation with a lot of um, certain population. You know what I'm saying? That has a, a little bit more disposable income than others. You know what I'm saying? Uh, mm, or at least true. that's kind of how it's perceived to be. You know what I mean? It's yeah. for it's for a certain type of people that wear soccer knees were made in USA New Balances. You know what I'm saying? That has a <laughs> relative <laughs> with a summer house knowledge. with a summer house in Oyster Bay, Long Island, or something. You know, it's for people that shop at Jack Rabbit, Rabbit, not for the fit, but for the actual athletic gear. You know what I'm saying? I'll put it to you <laughs> like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, with that said though, like I would love to, um, you know, like experience some sort of a, a, a therapy, uh, therapeutic. Ex- consultation experience you know um like some of the yeah some of the jakey's a therapy virgin no for real like the only (laughs) time that i saw like therapy (laughs) was through uh, movies and tv you know like from the sopranos you know when tony soprano goes to this lady to get uh to get his mind right uh but yeah i I mean but before we kind of jump into it i I would like to just kind of ask um you know uh jessica like some of the some of the um notions about therapy and like if, if you could like explain what therapy is and why like Asian Americans were just POCs in general might not be able to 
reach out to a therapist. Sure, yeah. So thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Um, I do. I think this is such an important thing to be talking about right now, particularly in the midst of a global pandemic. Um, I know everyone is experiencing an increased amount of stress for a whole bunch of different reasons. Mm -hmm. There are many people that come to me who, yeah, are really unsure about reaching out for therapy for the first time. Um, Maybe are not even sure they should be or that they need it. I've heard a number of different things from people like, Ah, you know, I'm mostly, I'm doing okay. You know, I have a career. I have stable housing. Like, I generally feel fine. I have friends. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet there's just this one thing. And it's like, yeah, let's talk about that one thing. (laughs) Absolutely. Or there could be sort of, you know, my... My friends and my family, I often hear feedback of, um, why don't you just talk to your friends and your family? Why do you need to go talk to a stranger? Yeah. Um, and I think that there is this pressure that, um, you know, on the outside, and I think this is especially true in Asian American communities, um, on the outside, there's a certain pressure of presenting that, yeah, we're doing well, we're doing okay, we're high achieving, Um we're high functioning members of society. Like we're doing what we need to do. We're working mm-hmm. hard and we're getting it done. Do we need to ask someone external from us to get help? Mm-hmm. Um, I think something that was mentioned previously too was just even access to mental health services. Um, so when I think about some people in our community who have just immigrated here, maybe they're second generation. And so what was people's original access when they came to the U.S. to getting mental health services? And what did it look like at that time? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are a lot of socioeconomic reasons why people would think, oh, therapy is not for me. It's just for those other people. Yeah. Um, and there's also sometimes there's language barriers. There's lack of insurance. Even people who think like, yes, I really want therapy. Their insurance doesn't always allow them to have mental health services because our systems aren't set up very well for it. Um, And so maybe you're pigeonholed into only getting one type of therapy if you're going to actually be able to afford it. And so then you just think, ah, why bother? Like that, that doesn't seem like the sector I want to be in. Yeah. Um, And so I think it's, it's tough too for POCs in general and Asian Americans to find clinicians that they think will actually be culturally responsive and maybe have a better understanding of their perspective and where they're coming from. Mm, mm. Okay. Okay. Now, I mean, I think a lot of the descriptions that you mentioned, uh, I kind of fit the bill in there too. You know, I come from a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a first generation. I mean, I would call myself a 1.5 generation immigrant because uh, <laughs> my, my adolescent years like was spent um, in America, but I wasn't born here and I had, I got naturalized. So, um, you know, I, I'm definitely part of that demographic that doesn't really have like the uh the societal um infrastructure like i i I didn't really have like that type of uh uh home background where like if i was going through the motions like my folks weren't gonna tell me like yo you need a therapist you know what i'm saying like (laughs) like jess let's say that um you know i'm interested in therapy right now and uh you know I'm, i'm somebody who's calling in for a consultation uh of some sort uh, like how, how, how would a conversation go? 
Hey there, Jojo here. To throw in a disclaimer before we move further, this example session is just that an example of what speaking to a therapist can be like. Each therapy relationship looks and feels different depending on the people involved and where you are in your journey. You or people you know may experience something different. With that said, back to the episode. Sure, sure. So I would call you at whatever time we decided to speak. Um, and I usually would just introduce the phone call by saying, hey, Jakey, I'm so glad you decided to reach out. Um, I'm glad we're able to connect and start to talk about some of the things that have been on your mind. Um, could you tell me a little bit more about what you've been thinking about? What made you think now might be a good time for therapy? And then I can go ahead and give you a little bit more information about myself after the fact. So, I mean, you know, some of the thoughts in my head right now is, um, yeah, I mean, just to be clear, like, uh, um, you know, I have heard from many colleagues and friends that doing therapy is like a form of um, doing uh, mental calisthenics. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, that's essentially why uh, I decided to reach out. Like, um, I, I don't think there, I, I don't think there is any sort of like real um, moments where I feel down or anything of that, mm-hmm. you know, like, but, uh, I just, I just heard that, uh, you know, doing it, it's, it's just good for, it's just good for your mental health. I mean, so, uh, for, for a long, for, for functionality purposes, I just figured that it might be a good time for me to just give it a try. Sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people do have that mindset and I think it's true sort of in the same way people go to the doctor, do checkups, make sure everything's going well. I think people can use mental health services as a similar kind of tool. Um, there doesn't necessarily have to be anything that's wow, incredible. Like I need to deal with this right now. Sometimes there is, but sometimes it is a matter of let me just go in, start sorting through some of the things that have maybe been floating around in my mind. Um, And so particularly just thinking about, you know, the state that we're in right now, everything going on with COVID. um, I would imagine that there's some level of maybe things that have been floating around in your mind that might come to the forefront. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, um, you know, I think I think everybody that's been uh, building up towards uh, like, you know, the past two few years has been great financially. Right. Like the economy was uh, was in the up, up, upward trajectory. Uh, we was in a bull market for a long time. And um, I think uh, there was a lot of high spirits, um, whether that apply to everybody. I can't say. But with this covid situation just kind of coming out without real forewarning i mean i'm sure there were all the signs that were inevitable uh but i think the way that it hit us is just that um you know i I, it it hit us in a way when we were uh unprepared you know what i'm saying and i think that sort of uncertainty um and the financial impact that has had on myself people around myself um seeing uh, a lot of people getting furloughed jobs unemployment rate at one of the highest that this country has ever recorded um all of that is uh it's definitely having having an impact on my mental mental uh mental state right now you know sure sure and i kind of hear you talking about you know there's sort of the 
personal impact that you're feeling right now with your own finances, your own stability? Um, I, I, th- I think, you know, when you're a business owner and then you're having to perhaps let people go, um, that also takes a toll and you're hearing not only the stories of that are out in the news, out in the media um, that we're all absorbing, but also those personal connections with the people that you know firsthand. Um, And that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of stress. Um, And it's sort of the secondary layer of, I have my own personal financial stress I'm going through. And then I also have all these people around me that I might be connected to and having to watch them go through something similar and suffer. Right. Of course. Yeah, definitely. I think that's definitely has been on my mind a lot um, because, you know, having being in a position where you are, um, you know, like an authority figure providing insight or providing opportunities, financial opportunities and when you know your your own pockets are hurting and you can't really provide for other people anymore um for like a collective goal which essentially is what a small business is is like you're you're assembling a group of people and you sell them on a vision and pay them in whatever ways you can and kind of like trying to achieve that vision collectively but when that kind of gets hindered um you know, your pride, your ego, and um, a lot of uh, a lot of fear, you know what I mean? And everybody Absolutely. has emotions, everybody has fear. And um, it's not, yeah, I, th- I think that's kind of um, more so than, I mean, of course, I don't want to um, make light of everybody that has been affected health-wise and um, family members and friends and colleagues around me that have passed away. But I think more so than the actual virus itself is the impact the, the 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 societal impact that is having that's really been on my mind a lot yeah mm-hmm. i hear you sort of talking about you know there's the of course the health impact and people passing away and that creates a certain kind of grief um and that kind of grief is a little more concrete and it almost i wonder if as a society i do think as a society um People know how to manage that kind of grief in a different way, the life and death, as painful as it is. What I hear you talking about is something that's maybe associated with ambiguous loss, where it's not something that's concrete. It's not something that has a start and an end. Like you were using the word uncertainty. Um, Financial loss, not knowing when you're going to be able to hire workers back, not knowing what exactly the economy is going to look like when all of this passes. Um, Having built up this, you know, business and having this sort of incredible collective with the people around you and then losing that, um, that's loss and that's real, that causes real grief, even though I don't know that people would identify it as grief. Um, and so I think a lot of what you're saying is really important to recognize um, that, you know, within your world, within your personal world, within sort of like one step out and then globally, people are experiencing this all around the world. And so there is this additional soaking in of some of that suffering and fear. It's literally in the air. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I think I think in a, in a way. um I mean, it might sound selfish, but I think the fact that we're experiencing this globally 
it's kind of a uh it's also kind of appeasing in a way you know what i mean um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that okay like i'm not going through this shit by myself um there's other people i mean you know like everything is relative and um you know there's i you know I, I still have a roof over my head i could still make two meals out of the day i mean maybe three if i wanted to you know like i even have that option I just picked mm-hmm. up more uh, uh, plants and fertilizers. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, have, I have enough. I have enough loot in, loot in my pocket for me to like feed plants, and not even just myself or like a kid that I have to tend to. So, in many ways, like I'm grateful, but uh, I think uh, these emotions are definitely affecting the way that I um, just see day to day. But but on the on the flip side, uh, you know, the, the the entrepreneurial mind of me is also thinking like, all right, cool. Like when there's a uh, when there's a disaster, there's usually an opportunity. You know what I mean? Like there's a mm-hmm. there's a good that comes out of the bad, and bad that comes out of the good. So um, I'm, I'm 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 you know I usually always like to see the positives of this. So yeah. mm-hmm. like I'm not the type that's just going to see a situation and just kind of get succumbed into it and go into my cocoon and not try to deal with the problems. I try to navigate within these problems, like how I could take advantage of a situation, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like observe what is out there and um, study it and see how I could get involved and jump into it and dominate. Um, that's always been my mantra. <laughs> you so you're, you're, <laughs> you're sort of a you're sort of a model for resiliency honestly from what you're saying sort of the way that people can take you know a situation like this that's full of trauma that's full of pain that's full of suffering um and still come out the other side stronger knowing more having new skills that they were sort of able to take out of uh their grief, their pain, their suffering, all of nah, that. Nah, for sure, because pain is mom is pain is momentary. You know, like pain is not meant to be everlasting. You know, pain will only ever last if you make it. You make it. Uh, you make it a a a, a, a continual thing. As long as you have you have the agenda or the uh, uh, the mindset to try to get rid of pain and try to like go beyond it. The, the opportunities are still out there you know like it's kind of like when um stockbrokers like when the when the economy is gonna go down they bet against the market you know what i mean they invest in etfs that bets on the market crashing you know I mean? so there's <laughs> there's always a flip side to um what you could do you know what i'm saying like you could if, if they give you lemon just make lemonade out of it or zest it on a pasta and add some parmesan cheese and bong bong you could go <laughs> So how do how do you do that? What is your sort of um, recipe for? Here's how I move through pain because I think that's something that a lot of people have a lot of trouble with, actually. Um, um, being yeah. able to make that uh, leap. For sure, um, I, I try to take a shower. You know what I mean? Um, make myself make you know your physical body have to be clean. Before your mental mind state gets clean, that's kind of my mantra. If you know, if you got dandruff spilling on your hair, you know what I'm saying. If your whole body just smells like doo doo, you know what I mean. <laughs> like 
your 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 mental mind state is just not going to be clean. You know what I'm saying? So make sure you change your boxes. And then um, I try not to uh, uh, watch uh, 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 some sort of a, uh, a technologically advanced screen of any sort. Like I'm not trying to look at the phone. I'm not trying to look at the computer with mm. TV. I just try to look at like a physical book uh, or some sort of a uh, um, or try to zone out. I try to zone out by meditating. You know, I grew up Buddhist. So, uh, mm. you know, all these Buddhist mantras that my parents recited, like none of that shit really. Uh, I, I don't I don't know all the definition and the meanings behind it, but I don't know if it's something that the, the science behind the ancient Sanskrit language um, the usage of the air and the usage of certain vowels that kind of um, allows a human being to transcend the physical. I don't know what I don't know if that's true, but you know, for me at least, it has helped me uh, to kind of keep keep myself grounded and rooted. You know, mm-hmm, um, so yeah, like I try to do that, and I, you know, I, I also like the uh, the human testosterone, man. As a dude, like you gotta pump that in order to do that. You just sweat yourself, exercise. Um, yeah, if you got a lot on your mind, just go for a quick run, which I think this particular situation has gotten us in a funk more so than ever, because I think if it was just a financial crash then yo, you could still go for a run and do what you got to do, meet friends, congregate and disseminate feelings and vibes. But I think this particular situation, you're, it's, it's almost, it's almost inhumane in the sense that this virus prevents us from interacting with other people when human beings are just a social animal to begin with. You know what I mean? Yep, so absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I like that's why I feel like it's actually causing more depression and uh or more anxiety cuz you can't see other people because it is not just the financial but yo, you can't you can't even take the Uber, you know what I mean? Like, where you, you shouldn't <laughs> hop on a subway uh, to go anywhere. So, I think that's why it's it's causing more of a uh, uh, of a concern. There's an there's an added barrier into being able to utilize some of the things that we'd typically be able to to cope with a disaster. For sure, for sure. And a lot of the things that I heard you talking about that you do to take care of yourself, um, I think they're really good personal examples of, I think, what a lot of mental health professionals are saying, right? That having some semblance of a schedule, right? Waking up, taking that shower, getting ready for the day is really important. Um, doing something to ground yourself. Are you in your mind thinking about all of your worries? Or are you doing something like mindfulness, meditation um, to sort of stay present in the moment? Are you doing things for joy? Reading a book, um, not just being on a screen where it'd be really easy to consume a lot of the media and news stories that are out there that it takes a toll having being flooded with something like that all the time. Um, so it sounds like you've really implemented a lot of the things that are helpful to sort of move through and uh, tolerate the situation we're in, in a way that's pretty healthy. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, that's why I feel grateful that I have a decent size in New York standards. You know what I'm saying? I have a pretty decent size house actually in New York, Brooklyn, uh, this, you know, early 30s standards, single man, like, yeah, like I think I have a pretty big house, you know what I'm saying? So, um, <laughs> so I have a lot of space, you know, I know how to cook for myself. 
Um, and I think all of that, you know, because you are what you eat, what you put in your body has a direct correlation to how you feel, you know. So I think all of that has been beneficial for me, like mentally. But as a human being, it's inevitable sometimes that you're going to get caught in a funk. Um, but again, I just always try to see, I, I try to see the positive as much as possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think making space to feel crappy sometimes is helpful also. Definitely, definitely. Seeing the positive when you can, because, right, hope is important. That's part of that resiliency that you're speaking of. And then also, sometimes I need to maybe spend the day on my couch and feel a little grumpy and down in the dumps because the situation isn't great. <laughs> There's a lot of reasons to not feel great. Um, and having permission to do that, too, I think can be an important part of the recipe. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Nah, for sure. Um yeah, I mean, luckily, like I'm not, I'm not a big uh, uh, alcohol type of individual. I never really had any sort of, uh, uh, you know, substance vices, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's 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 uh, luckily, yeah, like I haven't resorted to any of that. But um, but see, you see, like my mischievous entrepreneurial mind is thinking, I bet, like all this depression and all this negativity floating around. Man, I wonder if the Hennessy LVMH stock is going to go up. You know what I mean? Because people are going to be consuming a whole lot of uh, hard liquor. You know, I wonder if prescription pill stocks are going to go up. Like all these evil medical pharmaceutical companies. Mm. Of course, I, I, I acknowledge their evil and wicked wickedness. But, you know, I'm also a part of the capitalistic world. So I'm like, man, like, do I, do I try to one up on everybody else's pain? Um, am I the fool for trying to be righteous or do I um, partake in the devil devilishness of these uh, these, these uh, evil corporations and try not to be the fool that's going to get left behind when the checks get cut? Mm. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I'm kind of like like it's like a man on wire trying to trying to stay balanced in like the morale of both ends. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a heavy question. I think a lot of people are probably feeling similarly similarly. Um am I am I being part of sort of like the fabric of the community and we're all supporting each other? Or if I do that right, will I get left behind? I think that's a really valid fear and a really uh something that many people are probably thinking about. Yeah, I know, because you know, like I think I think for some of my, some of my colleagues around me, especially um, that have um, that that they have type of jobs where uh, you know you work diligently every two weeks, you get a, a paycheck, and then you know you take your weekends off and you go on with your life. You know, I, I'm kind of in a different position where, like. The, the direct result of my business is usually a, a direct reflection of how hard I work, you know, like how much, Absolutely. how much time I put in. Um, you know, I can't bullshit in front of my laptop for six hours, you know, looking at ESPN and still get a check right. at the end of the day, you know, <laughs> like, cause my performance right. is directly correlated to how much work I put in. So, um, I think that's why I like, you know, some people could say, oh, money doesn't mean everything when in reality, well, 
that money is the reason why you have that house, you know what I'm saying? And you have food on your table. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, I, you and know. the situation is really bringing to light a lot of questions just about the way, yeah, the U.S. has the wealth distribution in the U.S. and the way the government is structured and where people receive help. And it's highlighting a lot of different things, I think, for for everyone. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, yeah, uh, overall, it's a lot of emotions, but I feel like for the most part, I'm coping. I'm coping with it uh, pretty well. Um I I definitely think though I, I mean the security that you feel the sense of power that you have when you have a fat fat checking account is mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. it's is one of those things that um that has a a direct correlation to your emotions you know yeah and security I, Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a sense of security, is a sense of power, authority that you have. And when you are looking at your bills and you're saying that you're saying like, man, I can't, you know, this 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 sense of uh, uncertainty is having a direct direct effect on that. Um, I think I think that's that, I think that's the biggest fear, you know, that sense of uncertainty. So, Jakey, it sounds like you really have you know, a number of different ways that, you know, work really well for you to manage some of these fears, manage some of this uncertainty, um, while recognizing that it just exists for you, that that is there. Um, I wonder what this phone call was like for you and how you felt kind of talking about some of the things that were on your mind right now. Right, right, right. I mean, if anything, I felt, I felt good. Um, I felt good to kind of uh, share my thoughts. But uh, I've always been a sharing individual to begin with, you know. I've always been blessing people with gems and also um, never shy about exposing my emotions, you know. That's what cowards do. Only cowards hide their emotions under the bed sheets and try to cry and, you know, watch porn by themselves in their tears. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nah, but uh, JK is not that type of an individual, you know. Uh, not the porn part, but uh, definitely uh, <laughs> a well-rounded individual just uh, as, as a whole. So now, nah, but with that said, though, it felt really good. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm curious to know, do you do you recommend anything else that I do just on my own time uh, for, uh, for 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 me to continuously feel the way I feel? I think what you're doing, you keep doing what you're doing. It sounds like you have outlets to be physical. Um, I think moving your body is really important. You had just touched on this, but about how just the state of the pandemic, um, we are isolated. We're maybe not able to go outside as much. We're not connecting as much. Um, But in any way that you can continue to, if you have a safe place to move your body, to run around a little bit, I think that's something you should continue to do. Um, You know, being stagnant and not connecting isn't helpful. the ways that you sort of um, find ways to ground yourself with meditation, bringing yourself to the present moment. I think continuing those practices is going to help you move through the situation as well. In addition to 
limiting that screen time. I think right now, right, screens are such a tool for us in the way that we're communicating with everyone. Um, so if you have some times where you can do something different, if you can read that book. And so this is similar to limiting your screen time and news consumption, but also um, finding those small joys, having a tangible book, having a tangible book in your hands um, is a different feel than scrolling through Instagram or doing some of those things that you might do mindlessly. And so all these different things that you've said, I think you can continue to do them. And it, it sounds like they're serving you. And I think they'll continue to serve you. Oh, that sounds great. I mean, it just kind of validated me again that uh, I'm doing I'm living a righteous lifestyle. And, um, you know, in terms of screen time, our producer, Michael, could book us less maybe the rest of this month with less recordings. So but shout out to him regardless. And uh, yeah, I, I'll make sure to do that. Read more books, meditate more, do more push-ups, eat more righteously. Uh, yeah, <laughs> nah, that sounds great, though. Thank you so much, Jess. Appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. And that being said, don't feel any pressure to do too much, right? For We're sure. not shaming you into doing a lot. Just what feels right, what feels balanced. What feels balanced. Namaste. Bong bong. Yes. So, Jojo, um, so if you were reaching out for a therapist, um, I know you've been in therapy before. Yeah, I have. Um, and <laughs> this was in the Joy episode, too, but it was provided through my company. And mm. she was very, very accomplished, uh, have done work for various news organizations, accolades, written books, but um, much older white women who asked me if mm -hmm. I was from China. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> and you know this feels like terrible but i felt i was like whatever i have eight sessions with this person so i'm just gonna do it like even though like that automatically kind of um i think made me less attached to the process i was just like this is the, i think you know it's easy access right i'm like okay this is the easiest thing i don't have to worry about money i don't have to worry about like anything so i kind of went through with it so i did eight sessions with her um but that was like the closest thing i've done i mean it is therapy so it, it yeah, right, yeah, right, that's right. What I did. so what was that experience like for you and what were the things that were going on then as opposed to what you might be thinking about right now um, so then back then work was like insane and crazy and I was going through a lot of turmoil in terms of organizational changes, having not mm. the best relationship with my coworkers and feeling really stuck. And I, I opened up to this person a lot and this person specialized in executive coaching. So I, mm. I initially kind of talked to this person about that and then it quickly turned into, you know, why do you seek so much validation from these people or career? And then it went into like a little bit about my childhood, you know, the mommy issues that I have and the Excellent. anxiety that I have. I've been really open about that in this podcast. Um, and that that was the experience and, and i was equipped with some tools like meditation so shout to jk who was already on that train before it was cool <laughs> um, but also meditation i found that uh, meditations with visualizations where i visualize myself going through a different place or whatever um it also kind of brought me closer to my faith and that i think um my faith has kind of you know it helps me realize that I don't have any control um, 
And in terms of, like, I'm a total control freak. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, this whole coronavirus have revealed that, you know, there's only so much that we can do to control our lives, you know. So I think I've turned to those tools in order to make do. And since then, my sessions have ended. And I, I think I'm in this, like, weird place where I think I'm pretty self-aware of my issues. I'm aware mm-hmm. of myself. Um, and it's almost analysis paralysis in that, like, you know, Psychology Today, shout out to you. Um, you know, there are a lot of resources online. And a lot of the times I try to, like, figure it out on my own. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I haven't, like, unlocked this level of just kind of... Um, the difference between knowing and believing, you know, like, I know I have to do these things. I know why I feel like poop, like, but I don't, it's just, how do I get to a better place? It's, it's always been that part. So sure. Sure. So what, what are some of the, you know, it sounds like you've done a lot of really good work and you really were able to sort of dig in and start to unravel and sort through a lot of the things that were going on for you. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things that sort of came to light and that you're currently aware of and maybe are managing in a certain way, but maybe that way is not working anymore? You're looking for a different way to do it. What's happening currently? Yeah, I think because... I, th- I do seek validation in a lot of things like prestige, other people, um, career successes. And I've always been very intense and determined about those things. And mm-hmm. But after doing all this like inner work, I'm realizing it's because I just wanted validation from, you know, my parents or like I wanted my mom to be proud of me. And they, you know, I wanted to live up and go beyond their expectations. And... I think I became really used to doing things that I didn't love, but doing it because I was so good at it. And just, and every time I would win awards or, you know, I got uh, promoted, you know, it was through a lot of grit and the skin of my teeth, right? And Mm -hmm. I kind of started to create this mental model that like, if something's great, then it's going to be really hard. It's going to be stressful. You know, if you can't keep up, then get out. You know, why are you even here? Kind of, and I was really hard on myself and like boot camp style. Um, mm-hmm. And sounds yeah. like it. And but then after a lot of the inner work and realizations, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was just like my coping mechanism to keep myself motivated. But it was like fueled by my like super low self worth, right? Of just like, why can't Mm. you do this? You know, why can't you blah, blah, blah. So trying to be kinder to myself and like doing positive self talk. um, And I've, I've grown a lot. But now I'm like, wait a minute, I feel like I'm too happy. I'm too comfortable. And like, this means I'm complacent. And this means I'm just going to become like everybody else. And I'm just gonna have kids. And no one's gonna know who I am. And I'm like running into like that opposite end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think it's just not, you know, a combination of like, I still don't know what I want. And I don't know, I'm always pursuing like some sort of truth. Like what is like the, what is the way of doing something? You know, like, cause I, I don't trust myself obviously to do it right. Mm. Yeah, so I think, mm-hmm. you know, I'm really seeking out therapy again and again, just to give my mind some clarity and helping me figure out like what are like legitimate concerns. <laughs> 
sure, or what are like sure. stories that I make up in my mind. Sure. And where are those stories coming from? Like, what is the messaging behind them? It sounds like you have some, you do have a sense of here's where, um, you know, I can really see this direct correlation between I'm wanting that external validation from my parents and from others. Um, but where are some of the other things coming from? So why is there one way? Why is there the way to do it? And that, that's a dichotomy. There's a right way and there's a wrong mm-hmm. way. Where did that messaging come from? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, I've always been that way. Like, I'm very black and white. Like, my mom has always told me to like, you know, there's a color called gray. <laughs> <laughs> and I used to just, I don't know, I had this thing of like, this is right. And this is wrong. And it it like it kind of shown sometimes like when I was totally that girl at church who was like, oh, you can't curse or like, you know, mm, like, oh, mm-hmm. my God, you had SCX like, you know, like little I'm literally like so sheltered in that way. But I was like, that is wrong. Like that makes you a bad person. And I was so I, I, I guess I was conditioned that way at the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's manifesting now of just like. Um, you know, I have a desire to be successful and to uh, make a mark in this world and to give back to people. But it's like, I don't know, like how to do that the right way, um, in a way that's going to keep me sane. Like, you know, is it is that way doing something I don't want to do because in order to serve a higher purpose or is there a way where like I'm doing what I want to do and I'm indulging myself and like being happy while, you know, getting there, you know, it's just like those two scenarios just don't, I just don't feel like one, like those, all of those scenarios can happen. And if they Mm -hmm. can happen, then like, how am I going to live with myself choosing one over the other? Cause I'm, I'm such a like person who, um, looks back and say, Oh, I should have done that instead. (laughs) Mm. You know, the grass is always greener, kind totally, of. Yeah. It sounds like also, you know, you derive a lot of comfort or it feels more comfortable when there's some set parameters that you can kind of move within. And now that you're in this place of I'm kind of making my own rules, I get to have this freedom to choose um, and set my own boundaries and set these structures up for myself. Um, that's kind of daunting. No, totally. Because I, again, I don't trust myself. I, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. such a rule follower. Like, I'm not a rule breaker at all. So you're totally right. I'm always, even with my boss, like, <laughs> I was giving him feedback <laughs> the other day, something he did not ask for. <laughs> I was like, you need to give me like things to do I was like you need to give me goals like you need to give me feedback like I'm good when I have like set things to do blah 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 because he's very much like you're doing a great job yay a plus and I'm like no like (laughs) I'm like how do I know I'm doing an a plus am I better than doing am I doing better than this other person or like am I gonna blah 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 like it's I'm trying I'm even I'm in this like free plane playing field and I'm trying to like build a little line of being like no like this is too free. <laughs> like I need, mm-hmm. I need this. I need these fences. Um, so yeah, I'm. You're totally right. I'm totally like that, and I don't trust myself to make those rules at all. And where do you think some of that distrust came from? Do you have any sense of that? Um, 
I guess because I've never done it before. You know, mm. I, I always just had to do whatever and someone else said. And I think um, my mom, the only time she said she would be proud of me is if someone complimented me for being uh, following the rules or like, oh my gosh, like, cause, like, again, like at church, for example, you know, they're the kids who like, you know, maybe don't get good grades or they're, you know, they were skipping church or like they were doing things. And when um, my the church parents would like compliment me in front of my mom, like she would be so like she would say to them, I know I'm so proud of her. Like she'll never say it to me, but I think because of that, I was like, oh, this is like the only way I can like serve like my mom and like make her look good. Um, this is like the way I'm going to like I don't know, like survive, I guess. <laughs> so right, right. I think that kind of happened. I, I liked being like that person that people could rely on. That like, oh, like we can't rely on the new one, but we can rely on you, I guess. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you feel like, um, or who in your life do you trust to sort of take? If someone else is going to sort of like take the reins, who's usually doing that? Who's making these ground rules? Who's making the structures for you? Does it have to be anyone specific or as long as there's sort of the rules to follow, you feel good? I think I'm that at that weird inflection point where it used to be my mom, but now now that I'm an adult and I'm like, oh my gosh, she's crazy. So I, I don't look to her anymore. I think I do. I have not one aunt who is like very grounded um so i usually turn to her um and she's someone who had i guess maybe i turned to her because i see so much of myself in her like she's very disciplined and Mm -hmm. um she doesn't indulge herself in things and because of she's kind of a classic example of she sacrificed a lot but then became very successful and happy and very stable mm. and i think that's why like i turn to her sometimes because she's not going to tell me what i want to hear like she's going to tell me the right thing quote unquote right thing to do like i think she's someone that i see as like having a really strong moral compass and um who provides for the family i think that's mm-hmm. the only person i can think of but i really in terms of my career which she can't really advise on i think that's why i seek out so many mentors um, mm-hmm. Like, I know Julie, who started this podcast, she's one of them. And I have a mentor at work. And I think I always kind of try to find someone who is further along in their career than me. Um, sure. Yeah. But sometimes it backfires because I'm like, oh my God, they told me totally different things. <laughs> like, oh, no. Now there's too many opinions. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. So, I mean, one of the things I hear you saying is that you do have sort of this blueprint that you follow, and you said this yourself, that, right, you have to work really hard. There needs to be this kind of struggle. There's, um, If you're not struggling, then are you really working towards something? How do I know that I'm doing this if, it's, if it feels easy or if I feel great right mm-hmm. now? Like, is something wrong? Totally. Um, and so how are you finding that acceptance to allow yourself those moments of I feel good right now. I'm going to bask in this moment of feeling good. Yeah, I definitely need to work on that. I think I just kind of, 
I tend to, my anxiety manifests when I like think about the worst case scenario. Um, so I like kind of always like prepare myself for the worst to happen. Because mm-hmm. then if I mm-hmm. engineered that and I then I was emotionally prepared for that moment. You know sure. what I mean? So it's nothing ca- catches me by a surprise. I hate surprises. It works really well Ew. when you're a producer because you're like, wow, I've thought every bad scenario and then I have a solution for it. But in the daily life, it's super exhausting. So even when I am like really happy, like um, it just feels like I need, I need, I figure out something else that's wrong, you know? Sure. How do I control every aspect of my entire life. So I make sure that I continue to feel happy, but in doing so, I'm doing myself a disservice and I never actually really get to relax and enjoy exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly where I am. So Jojo, there's a lot of different avenues that you could follow to try to get into the meat of this mm-hmm. um, and sort of, right. Sounds like you're already a really reflective person and you make a lot of connections all on your own. So um, JK, I see you. You're you're terrible. <laughs> um, anyway, um, no, this was really therapeutic for me. Thank you so. <laughs> LOL, therapeutic. Um. Yeah, 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 therapeutic. Yeah, for sure. Um, nah, yo, Jojo, you're a herb, yo. What's Your emotions herb? are wow. It's, it's, you know, you 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 um. Nah, you just Google it. You know what I'm saying? What's a herb? But, uh, Explain. You're, just Google it. It's hard no. for me to explain. No, I'm just going to get weed ads. She, she, she's <laughs> just, oh, man. Jojo's so emotional, yo. Jojo, Jojo's wild and certain about her identity. Of you're course. good, Jojo. Mm-hmm. You're pretty. You, you, you pretty. You got a good job. A lot of people like you. You're wild bubbly. Don't worry about yourself too much, yo. Life is all about <laughs> being in the gray, you know what I'm saying? And taking yeah. advantage of the black and the white. OMG. <laughs> <laughs> Very opposite personalities, sure. right, Jess? <laughs> I mean, Jakey, you are one of a kind in the way that you look. In the not one of a kind, you are one of a kind. But I think that you have a really special ability to sort of uh, really see the best in a lot of situations. I think you are an optimist by nature. I think he just doesn't think. I'm kidding. No, 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 for real. No, they say that um they say that sometimes being a little foolish I could actually take you to further places. You know, less fear. (laughs) Less fear and Mm -hmm. less insecurities and uncertainties, you know? Absolutely. Cause yo, like some of the biggest discoverers and um the challengers, the the ones that really shaped the world and redefined the world. Were, were the ones that was foolish enough to think that they could redefine the world. Bong, take that, Jojo. You All already right. know. <laughs> um, so I, I, when can I bring up my, my co-host who drive me nuts? That's, that's part of my therapy also. <laughs> Are we doing couples oh therapy next? Pretty much. This partner, it's like almost like all the worst parts without the good parts. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm She's like, so frail. She's so frail. It's like I know. Sometimes I just I feel like I just need to text uh, CJ instead of Jake. Jakey's girlfriend because she takes yeah. my side more than he does. Ah. Uh, <laughs> like, me to Jojo, jow and he's like, fine. <laughs> <laughs> let me text her right now actually just kidding 
Um, okay, cool. Wait, that was really great. It was a great catharsis. And slash, I'll probably ask you for therapy, Jessica. Cause it's- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Offline, offline, right off, offline, offline, offline. <laughs> offline, where she could be more candid, even more so than yeah, she already was. Key, he's ruining my life. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so Jess, thanks a lot again. Um, for uh, hearing me out. And um, I mean, you did mention that uh, a lot of the steps that I've been taking just on a personal front um, is usually uh, uh, recommendations from a lot of therapists to kind of get your mind right and your body right, your your situation right. But um, while, while I feel like, hey, listen, like I'm over here, like pretty much unveiling my whole body. I'm pretty much getting naked in front of uh, in front of the audience right now, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you know I can't really say that for a lot of other um, uh, POC men in general. You know, what I mean, there's a lot of machismo culturally. You know, we're not really taught to express our feelings. You know, some of our parents have seen war. You know, <laughs> like they've seen yep. they've seen some wild shit, like some traumatic shit, and um, our little uh, you know American privileges is pretty minute to them you know what i'm saying so um what what would you like to say to uh uh especially men out there you know i I noticed that a lot of men they don't they don't really have like the capacity the word the uh education to to even experience therapy like is there anything that you would like to share with them yeah i mean i think it's important to know that one you know even though it's known, I think it's worth repeating that therapy is completely confidential. So it is this really intentional space where you can be as honest as you want without fear of hurting someone's feelings, uh, looking insecure. There's just you and the therapist whose job is to keep your information private. Um, so that's one thing to know. I think also, you know, there's sort of maybe a stereotype that going into therapy means, you know, sitting on the couch and crying and um, uh, talking about your childhood. It's really different depending on the person and the therapist, right? So each relationship with the therapist is unique um, and they certainly tailor it to every person. So depending on what you come in to talk about, that's what we're talking about. If things come to light that we think are worth mentioning to you, like I'm observing this, I'm seeing this, I'm making this connection. Do you see this connection? Um, We can veer, we can turn, but at the end of the day, therapy is about what are your goals? What do you want to talk about? Um, what's important to you right now? Um, so kind of preconceived notions about what it will be like, you really have a lot of control over what that might look like. Um, so I highly recommend even just giving it a go if you're curious about it, because you can always stop, right? It's no pressure. You're not locked into anything. Totally. And just sure. so after you know consultation like this, what would be the next steps? Yeah. So after consultation, you know, it might vary slightly from therapist to therapist, but typically I give people an opportunity to just, you know, think about how the conversation went. Um, If they're ready right then, say like, hey, let's schedule. I'm always happy to schedule the next session then. Otherwise, people can take their time and they don't even have to necessarily respond to me. Of course, it's always nice, but they can think about the session, decide if they want to move forward. Maybe they have a couple other phone calls they're doing to talk to other therapists just to see who feels best. Um, And then you just kind of go from there. So again, it's 
somewhat low stakes and just doing that initial reaching out to speak to someone um, just to get a sense of, is this something I might like to do with this person? Nice. Okay, cool. Well, I think we did a really good job, um, you know, demystifying this process. It's really not that scary. It's as scary as a blind day could be, you know, which is not that scary, to be honest. Um, so <laughs> this, is, this is so awesome. Thank you so much, Jessica, for coming and, and dealing with us. And I think I'm, I'm really happy, too, because Jakey and I, we are very different and we have different issues. And I'm glad that, you know, our listeners got to see someone, some two people who are totally different who have totally different um views like experience um the consultation and, and gain something from it thank you so much for having me it was a pleasure talking to both yeah. of you likewise um, likewise but with that said though um uh we it's our time to ask you questions again <laughs> um we always <laughs> ask all of our guests um two things one is uh what is the most significant relationship in your life so my most significant relationship, I think, is with my, I, it's two, I'm packaging, packaging them into nice. one, but my dog and my cat, Wiley and Sia, um, they're my little shadows. They follow me from room to room. Is that healthy? <laughs> Are we codependent? <laughs> I don't know, but <laughs> I love them. Oh my God, so <laughs> unlikely. So they're friends? Well, <laughs> they tolerate each other. They tolerate each other. I love that. Oh my gosh. I love it. That's awesome. And another question that we ask is what is your personal mantra? Uh, my personal mantra, I would say, is probably be kind to yourself. I'm a person that will, I mean, I'm a therapist. I will overanalyze anything. And so I really try to practice being kind to myself, not being too hard on myself. And I highly recommend that for everyone else too. Awesome. Thank you so much, yeah. Jessica. Thank um, you. Where can people find you? And where can people connect with you? Sure. So I am listed in various directories. The uh, biggest one, I guess, being Psychology Today, as you mentioned. I also have a website, jessicakimgruber.com. Um, and so my contact information is on that website as nice. well. Oh my gosh, I literally see your phone number on here. I'm Googling it right now. There I am. Oh man, well, thank you so much. Thank you again, Jessica. Uh, Miss Jessica Kim Gruber for joining us. With that said, though, another episode of 699 per pound podcast. Remember, you can stream this podcast on all major streaming platforms. If you want to show some love, make sure you hit the subscribe button right now and tell a friend to tell a friend, each one, teach one. Again, rate and share this podcast with your entire colleague, your federation, your phalanx, your army platoon, all of that. You know what I mean? Um, follow 699 per pound podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter for the latest updates. Support this hardworking team. Shout out to Michael, Marcus, Nicole, Yetlin, and Lily by buying us a $3 coffee at coffee.com slash 699 per pound now. And you could also set up a monthly donation at anchor.fm 699 per pound slash support. All right. Make sure you tune in on all the episodes that are out right now. Peace, peace, peace. Hey, yo, it's 699 per pound. Podcast.